Another off-season edition of the Sixers Group Therapy Podcast. I am your host, Alex Wynn, a.k.a. Nuge. I have written in my script that we're supposed to have a full squad, but someone did not join us. And we started making predictions before we started. If you would join, I say no. JB says 70% no. And Dave's going to give him the benefit of the doubt and say he does show, but we'll see. Maybe he'll pop in, give us an explanation of what happened. He's 35 years old. He probably fell asleep. So we do not have June Wan, but we do have live from his hotel room. That is Delco Dave. Yeah, fellas. How the fuck are these guys doing? Are you ready to talk some fucking sexers? I'm fucking ready. <laughs> and last but not least, he's only going to drink James Harden wine from now on. That is JB Budwins. Yeah, I'm on the pre-order list. It's only seventeen dollars a bottle. Is there actually a pre-order? He's he's yeah. creating he's creating some uh he's creating an illusion of uh, scarcity because I, I want some. I'm a, personally I'm a red guy. Love the logo. Definitely he he nailed he nailed the logo the bottle art, and uh, I will certainly stock up on some James Harden wine, especially. After that pay cut, happy to contribute to the lost funds. Oh yeah, that that logo looks kind of a one plus one, but but we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, <laughs> on today's episode, a lot has happened since we last talked. Uh, we had a pod like what two three weeks ago. Um, at the time, I think the Sixers only had half of their offseason done so far. They 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 traded for Melton and they signed PJ Tucker. Um, so on today's episode, we're going to talk about how some Sixers attended Michael Rubin's white party. One notable Sixer was not there. Just saying. Uh, Harden and Maxi have been working out with Sam Cassell. That's nice. And Embiid has already hung out with James Harden way more than he's ever hung out with Ben Simmons. But first, uh, did you guys freeze? Fuck. No, you're good. Okay, sorry. <laughs> first. Uh, I swear we're gonna we were going to do a podcast anyway, but the news just dropped that James Harden has agreed to a two-year, sixty-eight point six million dollar deal, with the second year being a player option. He could have opted in for one more year with his current contract for forty-seven million dollars, but instead he's going to get thirty-three million next year, leaving room for the Sixers to sign PJ Tucker and Daniel House. And also leaving about $4.7 million left to play with. Um, in a recent article with Chris Haynes, he basically admitted that he told Daryl to go ahead and improve the roster and then just give him whatever is left over. So, fellas, give me a quick reaction. I'll start with you, Dave. Oh, I love it. I mean, what's not to love? The season ends in disappointment. And, you know, once you get over the two week depression, you, you know, um, optimism starts to creep starts to creep into the picture and you start asking yourself questions like you know what if his hamstring really was hurt what if he takes the offseason seriously for once and gets in shape what if he takes a pay cut wouldn't that be awesome and then you know the rumors the rumors come in and uh, you you see stuff that he in fact may end up taking some type of pay cut nothing as drastic as as what it turned out to be this is like this is legendary honestly i mean yeah you can i i've you hear the argument people saying oh he 
that no one was giving him $250 million anyway. True. And to be honest, we all thought that Daryl would hook his buddy up and we would be the ones paying him $60 million a year, five years from now. Uh, but you know, so you could argue that, you know, he probably wasn't going to get that payday from anyone anyway, but on the same hand, he turned down the player option. He could have opted in like Russell Westbrook did. And like John Wall did, you know, the year before and taken the $47 million payday, but he opted out. He straight up left almost $15 million on the table to take less than what Tobias Harris is making on an annual basis to help the team. So uh, unbelievable selflessness. I mean, really, after the disappointing playoff performance from Harden, you love to see that kind of self-awareness, and uh, I, I fucking love it. I love everything about it. I think it's best-case scenario with the Harden situation. In that article, he, he mentioned that he wasn't quite right last year, and he's eager to prove uh, the haters wrong and um, mentioned that this, this, uh, this good deed is showing how much he wants to win. Um, so it, it – it might be the best case scenario that we could have hoped for. What do you think, JB? I mean, it's definitely the best case scenario we probably could have hoped for. Um, realistic one. I mean, we were pretty desperate and hopeless at the tail end of last year. And I like struggled to remember how frustrated I was with him, but I think there was like no path where we just we cut ties after a couple months and like we were definitely resigning. The question for us was, are we giving on the max for like four years or five years or something? Now we just backdoored a deal and gave them $33 million, which is obviously in a vacuum, a shit ton of money. But I think, I think some idiotic team would have maxed them out or at least like very close to it. Oh yeah. Yeah, Make absolutely. Yeah. Even better. Even, even um, better. Maybe, maybe really does want to win. Only that only makes it makes it better. The one the one thing that still like scares me a little bit is like after their first year in Brooklyn, he was saying the uh, I I wasn't fully right. I need to get right. Then he said it this year, like, can he just never be perfectly right? I don't know. Yeah, you know, I I've always like kind of questioned like, and I and I have no idea. Um, yeah. <laughs> Um, like how long a hamstring injury lingers. I mean, I, it's tough for me to talk because, you know, I, I went to shoot around, play basketball the, like this morning. I'm going to be sore for like three days. So um, I, I, who knows? Like, I, it's like you thought he had the whole offseason last year and everything. So like you thought he'd be right eventually. I guess he did tweak it earlier in the season. I don't, I don't know. It's just like, it's hard to believe that a hamstring injury from a year ago um, was still affecting him, but like you also have to take into account, you know, mid-season transitioning to a new team and all that. And um, he did get to, you know, he wasn't injured at the end of the season, so hopefully he is getting it right this all season. Uh, there's multiple mentions that he has a plan in place and he's taking it more seriously this year. So who knows? Um, I'm definitely one of those people who was really down on him last year, and you mentioned it, JB, like the thought of giving him four or five years, 50 million per was a real possibility. And I think a lot of us even assumed that's what he was going to get offered. And I think he even thought that's what he was going to get offered when he was traded here. But uh, maybe this shows some kind of self-awareness and maybe he does really want to win. And, or, and you alluded this to this last podcast. And I have to mention you were the first one I saw 
to suggest this was a possibility. <laughs> uh, Michael Rubin selling his shares of the team and, you know, mm. going, uh, going fully fanatics mode. You, you have to think, you, was there a back there, a backdoor deal that happened? What do you guys think? There JB, happened. you take, yeah, yeah. go ahead, JB. Uh, I mean, it was like, even, <laughs> even if Michael Rubin didn't step down, I would have this conspiracy. And yet he stepped down like a week before all these, all this pay cut news came out. Like there is no shot in hell. He's not getting paid through. And I don't think this is illegal. I mean, I'm not, I I love, I'd be pissed if it was a competing team of ours, but it's not. So screw them. But like, you, you think there's language in some like, CBA, whatever the governing documents are that you can't take a sponsorship deal with a company or would it, however they want to frame it. Yeah, June. Yeah, I was, think uh, I'm sad that he's not here because June was very worried. But go ahead, Dave. No, I was going to say, I think, uh, like you guys were alluding to, I think the fact that Michael Rubens sold his, you know, sold his share in the team a week before the hard and pay cut stuff came out. I mean, when we know. When there's where there's smoke, there's fire. So, I mean, I think the writing is clearly on the wall, and uh, I'm sure you know these are some of the richest, most powerful guys in the world, Michael Rubin and, and Josh Harrison Co. And I think uh, you know they probably have the best lawyers in the world reviewing this stuff, like really just peeling the peeling the layers of the onion back. And I, I think uh, there's absolutely something there. But whatever, I mean, shit. Kudos to Michael Rubin, the 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 fucking Hamptons man. Way to go, buddy. That's unbelievable yeah. by him. I mean, really, he's like a true Philly guy. He wants to win a title, and this will be fucking legendary if we do. This, you know, was, was pretty big of him. And, you know, all these rich guys that want to own a team or have an ownership stake in a team so they can, you know, brag about it and it looks good on their, their billionaire resume. And, you know, he said, fuck that. I want to help, help bring one to my city. And, uh, you know, and he gets to, you know, probably – take his his company to the next level and make even more money so you know it seems like a win-win all around for everybody yeah and and his goodbye letter he did mention how big of a Sixers fan he's been and and wants to see that succeed and win a championship so hey it's one of us more power to him yeah um on a scale of one to ten and uh the losers Zach Lowe and Bobby Marks mentioned this on on their podcast that they think the Sixers (laughs) should be investigated for this how actually worried are you? Like JB said, is there actually what's the difference between this and any other endorsement deal? You know, like how how worried are you that they would actually investigate us for this? Not really uh, worried. I mean, yeah. they they can, and I think Daryl and team are smart enough to get in front of this. <clears throat> they knew that they would get <clears throat> past any sort of investigation. Worst case scenario. I don't know, fine us a couple million bucks. I don't care. Take a second round pick. That'd be ridiculous, but go ahead. There's, I think Daryl won. Like, <laughs> we, we have one of the smarter guys in the room. You know, and this so. probably sets a precedent for like some future language of how the NBA can maybe prevent this. But hey, we're grandfathered in. <laughs> we'll worry about that for the, for the next CBA. You know, not right now. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, fellas, I mentioned that we may have uh, a little money to play with. So our offseason may not be over. 
Um, I don't know who this guy is. I, I saw this random Twitter account that you guys posted saying that with the money we have left uh, under the, you know, the salary cap apron or whatever. Um, of note, we so heavily rumored. Uh, Daryl has been heavily rumored to be targeting Eric Gordon. We cannot trade for him unless we traded Tobias. But there are a few players Ugh. that we could trade for without trading Tobias, and those include. Uh, Patrick Beverly, Alec Burks, Gary yes. Harris, Reggie Bullock, and Jay Crowder. So, fellas, I want to hear from you. Who do you prefer most? Dave. Uh, I think we could all guess my answer. But uh, if I had to – there are really only three of those. Reggie Bullock in that order. Um, Gary Harris is interesting, I guess. I don't know. I kind of just want – I want more of a known dog. I don't know if Gary Harris is, is a dog. I need I need guys with the dog in them. And uh, can never have enough of those guys. That's been the theme of the offseason. It was our biggest weakness last year was depth and dog. And we have addressed those. And uh, I would like to continue to add to that theme if possible. So, um, you know, no thank you to Alec Burks. Zero negative interest in Eric Gordon. And uh, was there somebody else? Gary uh, Harris. Gary Harris. Yeah, that'd be. I'd get excited about that in two seconds. But give me the give me Beverly Crater, Crowder or uh, the other guy Bullock. JB. Yeah, I'm proud. I I take the same three Dave had. Dave had Beverly Crowder and Bullock, or however you pronounce it. Uh, I'd just probably flip the order. Like I would, I would put Jay Crowder toward, at the top of that list. I don't know why I've always liked him. He would fit the the dog mentality. I don't know Gary Harris enough to not want him or want him. Alec Burks pass. That that's who we had in the bubble, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. No, uh, thank you. Fresh faces. Uh, um, yeah, I would be absolutely ecstatic with Jay Crowder. Beverly would be fun. Bullock would be cool. Um, they're they're like we need a three, and we'll probably get here. If, if there's anything we're missing, it's that the, the spot that Matisse held down in the starting lineup for a good part of last year. And I think Reggie or, or Jay Crowder, like, uh, on paper, it sounds amazing. I feel like uh, without any thought, my first reaction would be Jay Crowder and Beverly. Um, who are gettable players. I mean, Phoenix is trying to shed salary after signing uh, eight into that massive extension. Beverly's on the Utah jazz who, you know, they're trying to, you know, unload and, and rebuild. Um, Alec Burks. Now nah, he, we've had him. He's, he's a, he's such a Nick player. I think, although I think they traded him. Gary Harris was like pretty good with the nuggets. And I think injuries caught up to him. He kind of just fell off and, Everyone loves Reggie Bullock, but I always thought he kind of stunk. But I'm with you, JB. I always loved Jay Crowder for some reason. Uh, he, we love dogs, right? That's one of our biggest uh, needs we want we headed into these offseason, and he, he's one of those. So um, I always thought he was just very capable, could hit the three, you know, defends well. Um, probably more of a – I feel like he's more of a stretch four nowadays – um, but I, I would absolutely love him. And if, if Phoenix is trying to shed salary, hey, we'll take him. Um, Holy shit. Crowder shot. Sorry to cut you off. 
in 2019 to 2020, 45% from three. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, he split, yeah. He, uh, he split the year with three, uh, two teams. And, uh, and he, it's no yeah. coincidence that like the last few teams he's been on have been like contenders, you know, like yeah. Phoenix and Miami, like they, they, he's a, he's a good player for, he just, I don't, I, I just always thought he was awesome. Um, but fellas so far, our off season has looked like this. We uh, last pod, we talked about PJ Tucker and DeAnthony Melton. Um, we didn't get a chance to, cause it didn't happen yet. Daniel house signed with us for two years, 8.4 million. Um, there are rumors that we may not be done, but so far, give me a letter grade. Start with you, JB. Um, I feel like it's going to sound biased, but how is it not an A with what we, what the hand we were dealt versus where we're at right now? Like, what else could we have done? I don't know. Does that guarantee you win a ship? No, obviously not. But I think on paper, we look great. And if you do the, the, in players versus out players, it's 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 pretty impressive. Thanks to Michael Rubin. I think I think the, the the major the only major loss we had was probably Danny Green, and let's face it, he was probably not playing most of the season. And at his age, and as many miles as he's logged, that that ACL injury, I think he tore multiple ligaments. Actually, that that could be then for him. Um, sorry, Dave, I kind of cut you off. What's uh, what's your grade for the offseason no, no. I was gonna say I, I thought about this before we started I had a feeling this question would come up and I came up with a, a cautiously optimistic b plus simply for what I said before they just like they kind of our biggest our biggest weaknesses were dog and depth and they addressed both of those however this Harden thing honestly like probably catapults us into a territory it really is like a really best case scenario off season so far so i uh i, I gotta give we'll give daryl an a minus we'll give daryl an a minus my uh my initial grade was b plus but for your reason because this all could have not happened if james harden was just like i'm gonna opt in or i'm gonna take i only want the max deal you know so i, I would say a minus i think we could still use um like a starting caliber three um, I feel like we could still use a backup point guard. I know we have Melton, but he's more of a, I feel like he's like kind of a, a burst scorer, you know? Um, I, I feel like we could use another ball handler to, to facilitate. Uh, I'm okay with PJ Tucker. I'm not crazy about him, but, um, I think June always brings up the point of, you know, who else could we get, especially with our needs. We needed like a, a dog and a, a good role player and we add it to our depth. Uh, Daniel House is nice, but I, I don't know what kind of Daniel House we get, to be honest. I haven't really watched him since, like, his Houston days. Um, so, overall, in, in, in my non-negative bias opinion, I, I'd say I look at the Sixers, and they were a 51-win te- team last year, and, you know, they had James Harden acclimating midseason. He says he wasn't right, you know, with his injury and everything. So, we were tied for a two-seed. We had those needs going into the offseason, and we approved upon that. So, you know, we added our depth. Um, we have more playoff playable guys that we've been begging for for, like, the past five years. So it's hard not to be, like, a tad excited, right? Like, 
we should be contenders next year, right? I can't fucking wait. I'm so excited. I yeah, this is it. We're bringing him back. We're bringing back the core. Um, we didn't overhaul the roster, and uh, yeah, we add, we plugged some of the holes, and uh, you know, Harden's gonna, be, and we we have yet to bring up that beautiful picture that we all looked at yesterday or the day before, where as somebody who is who can read a bearded fat guy, uh, Harden <laughs> lost weight. He's skinny. He looks great. He lost at least twenty pounds. He looks fucking great. And B looks skinny. PJ Tucker is always looking thick so that's fine and um i just think that well, this is a revenge year i mean i really think they're going to come out with they have legitimate chips on their shoulders mb is gonna this could be i think this is going to be the top of the mountain for mb this year i think what's he 28 he's had all these injuries he we always knew he was going to have a short career anyway i think this is like i think this is his year like it's going to be hard to top the last two years. He's been so incredible and in the, in the running for the MVP the last two years. But I think this year he's, it's going to be different. I think uh, with full-time B-ball Paul, I think that they're going to pace him a little bit better in the regular season, but I just, I have a feeling he's going to play to prove something and uh, Harden has something to prove. You know, he's kind of in a prove it year. Uh, he signed a one plus one deal. So, you know, the 200 million is still potentially in play if he earns it this year. And uh, guess what? If he earns it, that's great. He, that means fucking, you know, he's playing at the top of his game and, and uh, maximizing our potential to win games. So, um, you know, I just love I love the recipe right now. You got your, your two franchise guys with chips on their shoulders. Maxi going into year three, our baby, our boy. Um, he I believe he's going to be like maybe the best player on the team next to Embiid. I think I fully expecting him to be the most improved player and, and, and be an all-star this year. Um, you know, B-ball Paul year three, I, Melton is going to play a big role. He's going to be really good. Tucker house, Thibel year five, maybe, maybe, maybe we'll see. But uh, I just, I love it. I really love, uh, I love this team right now. I'm very optimistic and excited. Yeah. I, I think uh, very well said. I, I, I think Harden, you know, needing to pay harder next year if he opts out would be like a very good problem to have, you know? And, you know, if I don't think I mentioned earlier, if, if he does stick it up and, you know, there's a big possibility he could, because I, I didn't like what I saw from at the end of last year, it's only for two years if he opts back in. So, I mean, it's hard not to be excited going forward with this team. So that's, that's, that's where I'm at with, with them right now. Um, real quick. It's been said that Donovan Mitchell may be available. Would you trade Maxi for him? No. That was a quick no. Nope. I would. Maxi's better than Donovan Mitchell this year. I, I would say no, but I, I don't think it's an easy no. I think I think Donovan Mitchell's very good, and I I think if Maxi was as good as him, we'd be thrilled. Uh, but I don't know. I think the dynamic between him and Harden would be really weird. I, I think, agree. yeah, I, I think agree. they get they would get scored on all, at, at will, and I yeah. I kind of like what ha, like in that short time how Maxi and Harden played together. So third year Maxi, I'm expecting big things, and and I love him to death. I mean, I I kind of want to root for a player on my team that I actually really like, you know. So I I I wouldn't do it. Um, I like Mitchell too, and it'd yeah, be I, funny from a trolling perspective to just like. 
introduce him as the the rookie of the year. <laughs> just absolutely steal Ben's award, but I don't know. I guess like monetarily, it's not even feasible, right? Unless I guess you trade Toby and Max. Yeah, it had to. I think it would have to be both of them. And and I'm with you. I, I, Donovan Mitchell was the deserved um, rookie of the year that year. I I think we could finally admit that. Um, but yeah, I think it would take both of them. So I mean, Tobias, we didn't even get to the bias. Um, if unless you guys have something else, I want to I want to get to that. He's going to be a sixer next year, but like some, I've seen some arguments on Twitter saying like, there's no point in trading him now that you'll be paying to get rid of him. Where where are you guys with with Toby right now? I'll let Dave go. Yeah. I think we're certainly stuck with him. I'm looking at hoop site salary page right now. Really nice to see only two years left of him. Um, 37 and a half this year, 39.2 next year, and then a big fat zero. Uh, so the light is at the end of the tunnel. And if I, I think, uh, yeah, I think we, we would have to pay to give, to get off of him, which, um, I don't know if that's really what we want to do right now. And if we are stuck with him, silver lining, he certainly, uh, found his, his, he carved out a, a role for himself in the playoffs. He definitely, I will give credit where it's due. He had a really good playoff campaign and uh, best case scenario for him. You know, he played within himself. He wasn't a black hole. He willingly uh, caught and shot threes. And uh, yeah, hopefully he continues to star in that, that role. Not ideal. You don't want to pay somebody, pay a role player that kind of money. You know, you could have three players for that kind of money um, to do the same thing. But, you know, um, at least he can be selfless enough to, to sacrifice for the betterment of the team. So, you know, if we're stuck with him for two more years, hopefully uh, 2022 playoff Toby is the version that we see for the rest of his time here. Yeah, we'll, we'll certainly say um, Keith Pompey mentioned in his latest like Q&A that, he wouldn't be surprised if the Sixers made one more big move. And if they didn't, he expects the move to be made at the deadline. So, um, yeah, we'll see what, what goes on with Toby moving forward. Um, fellas, for I, I, I feel like a couple of contenders in the East also had a few uh, good offseasons, notably the Boston Celtics getting Brogdon for basically nothing. Um, and our way too early to predict predictions. Where do you see the Sixers ranking in the East next year? Oh, I need to look up the teams. Dave's uh, Dave's got three holding up number three. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you a few. We, there's there's Miami, Boston, Milwaukee, Sixers, Toronto, Chicago, Brooklyn. Three. Dave's right. Yeah, I would put. I think that. Top three tier. This is the, the the first tier is Boston, Milwaukee, Sixers. Yeah. And the next tier is and, and Brooklyn could potentially be in that top tier depending on what they look like, but until they prove it, uh, I'll put them in the next tier with Miami, Toronto, and uh, Atlanta. Honestly, I really like 
DeJounte Murray on the Hawks. Have we talked? We've recapped some of these moves. There were some big moves in the in the, in the offseason so far. Uh, I don't think so, but go ahead. <laughs> Let's run, yeah, so DeJounte Murray to the Hawks. I love that. I think uh, him and Trey Young are a dynamic backcourt. Really, all they gave up player-wise was Gallinari, uh, who – Signed with Boston, unfortunately. But uh, let's let's start there. Boston adds Brogdon and Gallinari without really giving up any of their oh, depth. So that's pretty fucking unbelievable. If they stay healthy, they're clearly better. Uh, yeah. Brogdon and Gallinari to the Celtics. Milwaukee. Milwaukee's just bringing back the same team. They're always, you know, they have the continuity factor and, and the honest factor. So Middleton's back healthy. Uh, so they're in the mix for sure. We, we our offseason is well-documented. Uh, Brooklyn, um, you know, just constant turmoil. I, Katie, honestly, what, I don't understand. Like, why leak that you want to trade? Why? Who? who what does that benefit? If anything, the invi- they're not going to trade him. They don't have to. It's not like he's going to. He, he could. What does is bring negative press and make your situation even more, you know, um, uh, frustrating and and uh, just it just it's a dark cloud over your locker room. So, uh, and I don't think they're going to trade there. They can't, they're in no, the, the Nets are in a terrible leveraging from the Nets front office is in a terrible position right now. And I think you just got to, I mean, they have, they're stacked. I mean, if they just trot everybody out, if, if Simmons plays, I mean, they should, they should be good. So we'll see what that looks like. Miami lost PJ Tucker. Um, so, you know, they're, they'll, they'll be in the mix, but nothing special. Uh, Toronto. Same, you know, they're bringing back the same team. They'll be good. And, and uh, but I like Atlanta adding DeJounte Murray. And then uh, that's 16 teams. You got seven. Did I get seven? Yeah. Hawks, Nets, Heat, Celtics, Bucks, Sixers, Raptors. They're missing the Bulls. Bulls. Oh, is it, is it the Bulls? Is that, is that who we work I mean, I'm just looking at Vegas odds and they have. They have Celtics and the Bucks clearly in tier one. And then in tier two, they have the Heat listed above us very modestly. And then the Nets slightly behind us. I'll tell you what, I got a I got a dark horse eighth seed. I like the Knicks. I like the Knicks. And I think they end up getting Mitchell. I think Danny Ainge is gonna I would love to see those negotiations between Danny and Leon Rose. I'm sure Leon's a great negotiator. Shout out Cherry Hill. But uh, I I like the Knicks. I like uh, and here's a here's like a galaxy brain thing that really I just I just realized the other day. I did not see this on Twitter. I it just kind of hit me. I think obviously there was always the Brunson connection there with Leon Rose and his dad's the assistant coach. But uh, something to consider. They have Dallas's 2023 first round pick, I believe unprotected, if, if not lightly protected from the Porzingis trade. So they basically stole Brunson from the Mavericks and the Mavericks. I mean, the Christian Wood was a nice pickup, but Brunson's a big hole to fill. Hardaway is coming back from torn ACL. They could easily be worse. I'm not saying they're going to be a lottery team or anything, but you know, one injury to Luca, maybe. So um, that's a sneaky, um, aspect of the Brunson signing that I really haven't seen anybody mention. So uh, that kind of potentially makes that Mavericks pick they have a little more juicy. And, uh, but ultimately I, I think they trade for Mitchell. I think, I think they give up, you know, they have the 
three extra first round picks they got on draft that are kind of like fake picks, but they're still first round picks on paper. They have the Mavericks pick this year. And then they have all their own picks going forward. And uh, they have some nice young pieces. I mean, Brunson, Quickly, Barrett, Obi Toppin, Mitchell Robinson. They still have Randall locked up under contract. I like I like the young pieces. Um, and uh, I think Brunson's going to be good there. And I think they trade for Mitchell. So uh, Knicks are my sleeper team in the East. Yeah. I... <laughs> Shout out Mark Foreman. <laughs> Mitchell, Mitchell seems destined to be a Nick. He just seems like yeah. a Nick. Uh, Brunson got a hefty payday, but I, I don't think it was as bad as, especially with the contracts we see these days. I don't think it was as bad as people were making out to be. I mean, Anthony Simons got damn near close, like exactly what he got. And he's a, you know, he's like Portland six man. So, um, yeah, they'll be, they'll be, not only was the, not only was the, sorry, Nuge, not only was the Brunson contract, not bad though, to your point. But he's also 24 years old. I mean, for once they didn't they didn't trade for 31 year old Carmelo or sign 32 year old Amari. Yeah, he's got his best years are in front of him, and you know the bulk of their team is under 26. You know, for once they're actually building something. They have a core. You know, they're notorious for just trading their future for the present, and it never works out. So uh, I'm uh, I, I see the Knicks. I, I head nod to the Knicks fan. Yeah, we are uh, one step closer to the season. It's almost, what is it, July 20th? It's almost August before you know it. September comes and it's training camp. And uh, hopefully the Sixers aren't done with this offseason. Uh, we got three minutes left, guys. I, got, I have one final question for you. Uh, I want to talk about this last week, but we kind of ran out of time. We got, we got two and a half minutes left. Uh, it's just a really interesting point that me and Junior kept talking about lately. And I just wanted to ask you guys, how confident are you that Embiid could actually last an entire deep postseason run. Um, fifty-fifty. I guess it's hard to it's hard to answer because we haven't really 50? seen it. Um, but like after watching Boston go through all those games and like like pretty like crazy like tiring games it's just it's hard to for me to imagine us getting all the way that far um dave what do you think i just sorry david just real quick though like his i don't even remember two years ago but last year it's not like he had the typical injuries of like big men play too much on their legs it was like it's just been these fluky eye things a finger like a finger can happen to anyone if it was his back and legs again, I'd be like, oh, shit. Um, so, I don't know. I used to be a, a non-believer in an injury bug, bug or an injury-prone person, but that's kind of tough to stick. I'm not even buying the finger. He hit the game winner in game three on the finger. The finger was broken in game three when he hit that three. It was the face. It was the Siakam elbow to the face. He was not right after that. He was not right after that. And that was fucking bullshit. It was fluky. It's unfortunate. And uh, maybe once we get a little lucky, maybe once he catches a break, he's certainly due for it. Maybe it's this year. We'll see. Certainly do. Certainly do. All right, fellas. Time's ticking, but that's all I got. We covered everything. Nice, efficient pod. Right. Anything to Love add it. before we go? Screen see you, fellas, at San Key tomorrow. <laughs>
Yeah, June. What the hell? I lost my bet. Come on, man. <laughs> Peak and duck rolls on Dave because you never should. <laughs> Deal. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. All right, fellas. I will talk to you soon, probably right after this podcast, and I will see you at St. Key tomorrow. See you, fellas. Goodbye. See you guys. Goodbye.